Welcome to Modus Cafe. Join us for fun, lighthearted, and educational conversations around training, athletic longevity, and the human side of climbing with your hosts, Mercedes Pullmeyer and Katya Dove. So today we have a special episode. We're going to talk about beginner hangboarding. Um, it's a really controversial topic. Mercedes had posted a post on social media that got a lot of engagement. And we feel like there's a big myth when it comes to hangboarding and beginners. And there's a lack of understanding that we're hoping to educate people around today. And in addition to talking about beginner hangboarding, we'll also dive into some general concepts about hangboarding and things to look out for. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to get started, Mercedes? What is yeah. hangboarding? What is hangboarding? What is hangboarding? Man, any intermediate and advanced climber will tell you that they likely hangboard at least once a week for their training. And that's actually good. I like that dosage. But the thing that seems to be going around a lot is that beginners shouldn't be on a hangboard. And that's really what I wanted to like talk about today because there was a lot of interaction on the Instagram and on Instagram, you know, we can't always provide a lot of context. And so this is a really great way for us to explain a little bit more about what we mean when it comes to beginner hangboarding and how it can be useful and some things to avoid. Um, so essentially, like we use the hangboard to learn specific positions for our hand for our hands, like crimp positions. It's also really great for our shoulder position core position. There's a lot more involved than just the fingers. Um, and for like intermediate and advanced climbers, it really does help to focus on increasing finger strength because we know that stronger fingers are going to help you with climbing. There's no doubt. Uh, but whether we need to emphasize that is another like argument or topic. But if we're talking about beginner hangboarding, you know, I think when beginners they're so excited when they first start climbing and they want to get better as fast as possible. And then they see these awesome climbers training on the hangboard and they're like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that because I want to be as good as them. And so they hop on the hangboard and yeah, sometimes it leads to disaster because no one has given them any kind of advice or tools to use the hangboard for their purposes, to increase whatever strength or awareness at their level. Um, and so in my Instagram post, what I proposed was, yes, beginners can hangboard, but let's do it in a way that is educational for that beginner. So if you're going to hang, focus on the hand position. And don't add weight. In fact, you should just have your feet on the ground. And I really like using the top. So not all hangboards are created equally. Like there's so many different hangboards. And the, the hangboard that I use is the tension grindstone. And on that hangboard particularly has a jug and it has a flat edge. And for beginners, I think working on just the jug and working on the shoulder position and how to engage your core, I think that is going to help that beginner so much like longer in their career because they, they know how to hang now from their shoulders. 
Um, and so like, that's one way, hold the jug, keep your feet on the ground and focus on that shoulder engagement. And if that feels good, you can move on to the flat edge. And so just working on keeping your fingers straight, fingers together and working almost like a flat edge or it could even be considered like almost a half crimp position. That is teaching them, oh, this is how I can hold onto certain handholds hand on the climbing wall. And I, I would even say like, let's push them into what does a half crimp actually feel like and what does an open crimp feel like? Because they're gonna do that at some point anyway. But what I notice is that if beginners aren't necessarily using a tool to learn these positions, they're relying on the variability of their climbing, which means they're climbing a lot and the handholds are never the same. And so they're constantly changing their hand position. And I think long-term, uh, at least in their first maybe year of, of climbing, like variability is good, but they're not necessarily learning their, their optimal position in their hand when they hold onto handholds as they're climbing. And so that's why I think the hangboard is so good because it just teaches you how to hold correctly, how to engage correctly. And it, you know, it is a good way to understand tension in the body as well. Yeah, totally. And you said something earlier too about um, sometimes beginners can even just start hanging on the jugs just for the sake of hanging. And this is actually one reason I like to prescribe it to my athletes too, is especially when they start is because climbing, part of climbing is hanging. And yes, we don't fully hang all the time, but um, it's also really important to learn how to hang and to learn how to engage your shoulders when you hang. Because especially for beginners, one thing that might happen maybe more often than not is that feet will slip. And when feet slip, we do hang, you know? It's a position that we're going to find ourselves in, 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 in inevitably. Inevitably? Is that a word? <laughs> and so I think even just for that, it's really important. And I also think it's really important to, um, you know, think about the growth mindset and the beginning thereof. And what I mean by that, I see this a lot in parenting, actually. I like using analogies. So I'm going to just do it. I'm the analogy person here at Modus Atletica. <laughs> I love analogies. I see this with kids a lot, too. This idea of they are too young to learn this yet. You know, we're not going to teach them, you know, X, Y, and C because they're too young. Where actually they're not too young. They're really primed to learn. They're primed to take in information. You know, we just have to teach them how to do something safely at their age and when it's appropriate. And I feel like hangboarding is very similar. I feel like if we can teach beginners um, how to do it safely early on, they might also just learn as they're growing as a climber, they might just learn how to hangboard effectively. And they might be able to utilize that tool really efficiently later down the road without getting injured. Because there's always this argument about um, maybe getting injured too early on, like doing too much early on, which is an interesting argument. And I, because there's also this argument, I'm going to just throw it in at the same time. This is argument that beginner climbers should just climb. You know, so this idea they need the volume and climbing, which I totally agree with. 
you know yeah. you only you're only going to improve in climbing if you climb a lot for sure but there's this argument that beginners just need to climb a lot and there's this argument that um beginners might just get hurt hangboarding too early on and both are true but I have seen a lot of beginners that didn't hangboard get hurt because they were not managing their load climbing and I've also seen a lot of advanced people who do hangboard get hurt so just by not hangboarding as a beginner and hangboarding when you're more advanced just by that fact alone we're not going to avoid injury what matters is how we use the tool and this is actually again my analogy with kids i actually taught my son how to cut mushrooms with a real knife when he was two years old i think teaching someone how to use a tool safely is way more important than to tell someone when they're ready or not to use a certain tool because we're also taking um kind of power away from our athletes in a way I think people should learn to decide for themselves if a tool is right for them at a given time. That is a very good point. I love that. Thanks. And and I think that um, one one thing to I I guess remember, like while going back to the point where beginners are often very excited, and that the progress. Like they want the progress to come really quickly uh, and that by doing more is better. Um, and we, we know that that isn't true. Like good quality movement and intention is going to be better in the long run than just more climbing until you're completely fatigued every session. And when it comes to the hangboard, I think it's also this this need to want to progress on the hangboard so quickly. And that if our fingers are super, super strong, that means we're a good climber. And so that that is also something to, I guess, separate like we that is not often true. Like we have seen a lot of really strong, uh, strong athletes who might not necessarily be good quote unquote climbers or like, are they getting better? Like, are they getting better because they're hangboarding? No, often not. You know, like if they're just hangboarding, their skill development is lagging behind. And so like, you do have to strike this balance of, okay, I'm using the hangboard as a very small part of my climbing training to learn positions, to get comfortable in these positions and I'm not going to try to chase numbers on the hangboard, you know, and I think that might also go with like, try not to chase grades either. Like you said, come back to you. That will <laughs> come be back to you, like, Yeah. <laughs> like, like go back to the, the, uh, like the quality of your movement and how, how can, how can you pick up on things that you did that session that you did really well? If you didn't advance in a grade, for sure you've done something better than last time if you're putting the right intention into it. Um, yeah, okay. and I, you know, I think that like your point of not allowing certain beginners or like at, at, at a certain level, now you're allowed to do this thing. You know, that's also a scarcity mindset. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not into that. Um, 
And I, I you know, I kind of go back to like if beginners can't use a hangboard, then what does it mean for people who are trying to just get fit and using dumbbells? You know, can they, they're new to training. Body weight training is actually sometimes a lot harder than lifting weights, but you're not going to stop that person from lifting a weight, you know, instead we're going to teach them how to lift. And that's the same thing. Let's teach people how to hang really well and use the right hang board. Like an Eva Lopez, transgression board is definitely not a beginner board so you do have to use the right hang board for beginners yeah and maybe we can also summarize some advantages of hangboarding in general and hangboarding for beginners so you already mentioned um you already mentioned grip positions so early on you know especially for new climbers but i would say even for well seasoned climbers this can be really good practice actually um because lots of us pick up bad habits you know over the course of the years but you know practicing different um positions hand finger positions essentially right on the handboard and also gently overloading your fingers you didn't say that specifically but the handboard can be it can be i want to emphasize this so i'm going to say it one more time it can be, when used well, a really good tool to overload your fingers in a very gentle, but yet the right kind of way to help them get stronger over time. Because that's what we lack on the wall. It's like, how are we dosing overload? Are we doing this in the right kind of way? And again, here, I want to emphasize absolutely climbing matters. Climbing skill matters a lot. Um, so we don't want to replace climbing with, and we don't want to replace, yeah, we don't want to replace climbing with hangboarding. It's not what we're saying. Again, I like to use the analogy with protein powders because I'm also a nutrition coach, right? Um, I talk a lot about protein powders. I think they have their place. They can be, really be a great supplement to a well-rounded diet already. Maybe just to have that little bit of an extra edge, you know, on your diet. And you can use that with hangboarding too. You can just add it to a routine in a very thoughtful way without replacing your climbing altogether. And yeah, really make great use of it. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to add a few more advantages. So those were two advantages that we talked about, right? You know, you know, practicing specific grip, grip positions, but also um, tension and just, you know, shoulder engagement. Um, we talked about, you know, controlled overload. And I also like using hangboards early on for, let's say, traveling. When people travel, a lot of people travel quite a bit um, and don't have access to a gym at all times. So then what can happen is people might just go once a week, but then they go all out and go all crazy and, you know, climb until their fingers are really tired because they don't have that regular access to it versus knowing, okay, I can do a hangboard routine and um, still get stronger. I actually had a client last year who was traveling for about a month and he was using the hangboard. He was doing no hangs, which is what you said, where your feet are on the ground and he gets stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, during his travels, he was traveling, he came back stronger and he was so stoked. I was so stoked. But not only traveling, there's a, we have a lot of busy adults that we work with and not everybody can go to the gym you know, three or four times a week. 
So that's another place where I see it be really helpful when um, people can work out at home. They can do a hangboard session. They can put on their favorite podcast, like Beyond Strength. <laughs> and they can do their hangboard workout at home. So it can yep. be a very effective use of time. And the last one I like to add to convince everybody is um, injury. You know, people are injured. Um, whether or not that is a finger injury, the hangboard can be used in a very gentle way to actually recover from injury, to come back from injury, but also actually as a recovery tool. I know um, Carrie Cooper talked about it and others using the, the minimums, as she calls them, for recovery in general. But also lower body injuries. This is when I've used the hangboard the most. You know, ankle injuries, anything that just kind of stops you from climbing, let's say because you can't fall, something like that, but you might still be able to hang. So that just um, narrows the gap in your climbing ability from before injury to after injury. And you might come back stronger even, at least with stronger fingers. So there's lots of advantages for hangboarding. Are there any others that you would like to add? The point of actually using the hangboard when you're traveling, I think that's really important because we actually do see injuries happen when you're inconsistent with hangboarding. So if you hangboard for a little while and then don't hangboard and then go back to hangboarding, uh, that inconsistency can actually be detrimental to tendon uh, modeling. And it, it might have something to do with uh, the load, the volume, you know, like the body is going in and out of volume. Uh, so, you know, I think having that consistent hangboard protocol that you kind of rely on and learning that as a beginner, uh, you know, that's also an advantage. And, you know, actually, I, I do want to point to there's this book uh, that was written by a doctor. Here we go. It's called Shoulder Pain the solution and prevention. This book is all about hanging and how he is actually a shoulder surgeon. And uh, he noticed, he's like, you know, what if we just put the shoulder into an optimal position and get really strong there and see if we can get our clients to a place where they don't actually need surgery anymore. And so they, they found that these very simple hanging protocols can just fix some of the shoulder cap, like the, the shape of the shoulder or the, um, like the balance of tension in the joint. So they found some really great success just from hanging. And as beginner climbers, we know like that is really important. Like shoulders, you know, if you're a beginner, you might not have actually hung really at all, you know, um, know. unless you were a kid. <clears throat> You know? I know. That's what I love yeah. about it. That's what yeah. I love about the hangboard. Exactly what you said, that we're not used to hanging. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, if your feet cut on yeah. on a on a climb, which happens all the time, I see it all the time. And then you see someone, like, hold their shoulder for a second. They're, like, checking it. Like, uh, did I just screw something up? Like, yeah. Uh, I see that a lot in, in, in beginners. So, if, you know, even just, like, a daily hang for 30 to 60 seconds from a bar you know that is that can go a long way for beginners and 
like I still do hanging. Sounds like you still do hanging from just a bar. You know, we use it as part of our warmups. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a program, Hanging Tough, that is all about how to use the bar to strengthen your your hands, your wrists, your elbows, your shoulders. And actually, you know, it has some benefit for the spine as well, you know, because you're elongating, you're relaxing. And that's more of a passive hang, you know, and then there's active hang, which is what we're trying to do for beginner hangboarding, like learning that active shoulder position. Um, I want to talk about protocol really quick. Something I, I want to keep it as simple as possible. So no matter whether you're using a jug or a flat edge or a really big edge and you're holding, you're practicing that half crimp, your feet are on the ground, you're loading to a point where you feel a slight stretch in your hands, like you will feel it in your hands. You might feel it in your wrists a little bit. Uh, If your shoulders are lagging behind, maybe you feel it in your shoulders first. Wherever you're gonna feel that stretch, like stop at, at that point, like, okay, I feel a stretch and you hold it for 20 seconds. So this is the long duration isometric. And, you know, you could do, you know, I would say start with one set and then graduate to two sets after doing one set for a little while and then do up to three sets. And you can rest maybe one to two minutes between each 20 second hang. And I would stop maybe max at four or five 20 second hangs. Uh, I think three is probably the happy medium for most beginners is three sets, 20 seconds, and then you're good to go. And you can use that as a warm up. You can use that as uh, on a day that you're not climbing or a day you want to replace climbing. You could do a couple extra sets. Um, you could do this after a session. I don't love it because a lot of the time people are so tired. Mm-hmm. They might not be focusing well on their shoulder position. Um, so if you do it at the end, just make sure you're paying extra attention to your position and the feeling of the stretch in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you could do this a couple times a week. You could do it once a week. Just keep it consistent no matter what you end up choosing. What about, actually, you would like to say two things, but I have a question first. Um what about adding the hangboard routine in addition to climbing days already? Because I think one thing that's important, I want to make that distinction. Actually, that's part of the point I wanted to make. We, ha- we have to make this distinction between beginner hangboarding because it is different. So we're dosing it and using it differently versus intermediate or advanced hangboarding. And for example, you just said hangboarding after climbing session, which is normally a big no. When we do max hangs or other type of hangboarding, right? But you just said you can you can hang after a climbing session. I just want to point that out that this is different because what you said is we're doing no hangs. Mm-hmm. This is very much feedback related, very much, you you know, you hang until you feel that stretch, which <clears throat> you can do after a climbing session because it's still pretty safe because you're not actually hanging and you're not hanging weight of your body. But generally speaking, we wouldn't recommend a hangboard routine after a heavy climbing session or any climbing session. Normally hangboard routines are done after warming up, you warm up for a hangboard routine and you hang. And that's mostly it with some exceptions. Every hangboard is different, just like the different flavors of spin drift. But um, 
Yeah, I just wanted to say that. So, but could you speak to, you just said this a little bit, you could do it as a warm up, which I think is a great idea, or after a climbing session, or to replace a climbing session, and you can do more sets. But what if someone still wants to climb the regular amount? How mm. can they incorporate that? You know, I guess at what point do we need to pay attention to overloading? What would you mm. say? Mm-hmm. With the no hang specifically, because now when we talk with hang warding, even for beginners, there's different types because we could just hang on a drug. We talked about that too. Yeah. I guess for me, if a beginner came to me, I would first just make sure, like, are they climbing enough? Let's get them to climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and add, like, I would prefer to have the hangboard closer to the beginning of their session. So it could be as part of their warm up. Ideally, if it's a warm up, they're doing it from a jug uh, or a bar so that they learn and activate that active hang position. In their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Then, if they would like, you know, you can warm up on the wall and then come back after the warm up and do two to three sets of 20 second hangs and then rest at least five minutes before going to climb. I think that would be kind of the perfect situation. And you could do that every session, mm-hmm. you know, again, because it's no hangs. Like, really, if you're a beginner and you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go do this hangboard thing and awesome just don't really don't um i guess try to avoid the need to want to push how much you're holding onto your hands like don't don't rush the process don't try to pick your feet up this is all about progressive like the progression again and teaching your body these positions. We are not using the hangboard as specific strength tool yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I would put it. Part part of your warm up or just after your warm up and you could use it almost at every climbing session and hopefully you're not climbing more than 4 days a week as a beginner. And what are you suggesting suggesting in terms of grip positions? So if you're doing it on a flat edge, that means there's no jug. Uh, like what I would like people to learn is the half crimp. Mm-hmm. So the half crimp basically means that your middle knuckle is at 90 degrees and your thumb is just hanging hanging out. Uh, this is, I think it's a nice in-between. It's in-between the full crimp, which is thumb over the top and in between an open or three finger drag. So the half crimp is just like we use isometrics in our training programs uh, for the pull-up. Instead of doing pull-ups, we're gonna teach you the middle position, which is a 90 degree hang. Same thing for the fingers. So like that half crimp I would say is kind of like the first, if you're gonna go beyond a jug and you wanna do a flat edge, try the half crimp. The second position would be maybe an open crimp, but I think this is actually a little bit harder to learn as a beginner, having that open position because it is it does feel pretty weak, I think, for a lot of people. Um, And that that's as far as I would go. And then once you're an intermediate, 
climber, you can start learning that fulcrum, which that is also, there's a lot of argument about training this fulcrum. Um, and I am of the opinion that we should be training it or, and, and learning that position because you see people do it all the time on the wall and they don't even notice. Even beginners, they actually learn. They, I've seen beginners close crimp just naturally, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so those are the positions I would stick to. And uh, if you do three, if you do three hangs, then you could do a jug hang, a half crimp hang, and then another half crimp hang, or a jug hang, half crimp, open crimp. And we do have, I do have video of this on my Instagram. Um, you know, maybe down the road we'll have a public video on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. And very last question before you wrap this up is how can beginners progress from the no hangs to a hang? That is that's a tough one so really it would be i think more time dependent so if you if you've been consistent and when i say consistent you're climbing two to three days a week for you know several months and you've added the no hang protocol and you've been doing that for a couple months then start to dabble in how much weight you start taking off your feet. So you can start to play with that. You will naturally feel stronger. Every time you get on the hangboard, you're going to feel stronger. It's the the holding back from pushing it too quickly. Um, and, you know, I think you you as a beginner may start to understand like, oh yeah, I can, I can feel this position. A half crimp is so, like I know exactly how to get into that position now. There's no question of like am I doing this right and there's no question of like oh is my shoulder position right if you feel really confident in those positions that's a great time to start taking some weight off of your feet yeah in a way when I think about it and you can correct me if I'm wrong but I think about it in terms of riding a bike I don't know how many people remember learning how to ride a bike but at the beginning you either have training wheels or someone holding you as you practice Um, just to make sure you're not falling but at some point you can just tell your body has just learned the emotion enough that you know oh I think I could probably now go on my own you know and then you just go a little bit you don't go very far you don't have to you know enter a race right away but you just go a few meters and see how far you can ride that bike and it's the same with hanging too you know you're going to learn how to trust your body and then you could just try to hang on the jug for a second and see how that feels. And the next time you hang from the jug for two seconds and see how that felt. So, yeah. That's perfect. Give it a try, everybody. Yeah. I would also encourage people because I do realize now after recording this episode, it is such a big can of worms, mm-hmm. the whole hangboarding thing. And mm-hmm. people probably have even more questions now. So uh, I was going to just on the spot suggest we could do a follow-up episode (laughs) and maybe people could come comment in the YouTube channel, just add comments right there, questions they might have that we could use for a follow-up episode. 
And if people are listening to this instead of watching it on YouTube, maybe they could head, head over to YouTube and just leave a comment there. That will probably be the easiest for us to collect them and then make a second episode out of this. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Think? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and if if you do have questions on position again, like we, you know, we'll we'll try to create some content around what beginners can do with a visual uh, to help you a little bit more. You can always also search uh, what half crimp half crimp is uh, is the universal term for that that ninety degree position. Um, so make sure that you understand what these positions are. And again, we do have a program hanging tough that will help with your shoulder position. It's not specific to hand position, but it does get you ready to hop on a hangboard, you know? So it's more bar work and getting really strong in kind of like the hollow body, passive shoulder position and active shoulder position. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Remember to subscribe to this, share it with your friends, share it with your favorite beginner climbers. And we'll catch all soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. A few things before you go. If you have not yet subscribed to this podcast or left a review yet, I would love for you to do that. It really does mean a lot to us when we hear from our listeners, and it also helps future listeners. If you also haven't subscribed to my newsletter, I suggest you also do that because every week I give climbing training tips, recovery tips, and nutrition tips. I'll also tell you when my one-on-one openings are and future climbing training programs available. All right, thanks again.